نعوذ ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the slave servant and his messenger We like to begin this evening Bismillah ta'ala as we return to our study of the book Kitab al-Tawheed الذي هو حق الله على العبيد that is the book of Tawheed that Tawheed which is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over his servants which has been authored by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab Al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah and its explanation that we have been taking from a number of books including Al-Jadid, Al-Shaq Kitab Al-Tawheed and Al-Mufid or Al-Qawl Al-Mufid by Shaykh Al-Ufaymin and others This evening, in this lecture, lecture number 36 we will discuss the topic which the Imam has entitled after an ayah from the Qur'an uh, that ayah is from Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 83 he entitled it Bab Qawlullahi Ta'ala Ya'rifuna Ni'mat Allah Thumma Yunkirunaha and he entitled this chapter from the ayah from Surah Al-Nahl the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya'rifuna Ni'mat Allah that they know they recognize and they acknowledge the ni'mah of Allah the bounties or favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his blessings that he has bestowed upon his creatures ya'rifuna ni'mah Allah they know it and they recognize it thumma yunkirunaha then they deny it then they deny those blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed on them in this chapter Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab from this ayah he intends to bring to our attention the obligation of the confession and the acknowledgement and the admission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings upon us and also the obligation of every human being in acknowledging Allah's blessings we must also be thankful for them we need to acknowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings by our tongue and to show our gratitude for his blessings by our actions by acting in conformance with that which he has required of us and by believing in him and singling out all worship for him alone and it is not enough just to acknowledge that these are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings by our tongue but also we must acknowledge his right over us by expressing our gratitude and thankfulness to him in our actions and in our belief and acting in accord with that which is pleasing to him and avoiding that which displeases him and believing as he has ordered us to believe according to the revelations that he sent to the messengers and the last of them the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before reading the evidences from this chapter 
I would like to read briefly the comment of Al-Imam or Sheikh Abdurrahman ibn Nasir al-Sa'adi Rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy upon him, his brief comment concerning this chapter. Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, he says, after mentioning the title of this chapter, that they recognize or acknowledge the favors or bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they deny them. He said it is obligatory. And al-wajib al khalq it is obligatory on every creature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created to attribute or to ascribe the bounties or the favors or the blessings, the ni'am, that they have received to ascribe it and to attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qawlan wa i'tirafan. Yani by our speech acknowledging that these bounties are from Allah and also by believing in our heart that these are the favors, the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he said, if a, if a slave, servant, preacher of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does so, acknowledged by their tongue and believing in their heart, if they acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the source of all bounties and favors, in this way they will have completed or perfected their tawheed. In this way they will have completed or perfected the obligation upon them to single out Allah alone for all worship and to acknowledge that He alone is the Creator. And the other rights of the tawheed, tawheed al-asma al-sifat, in addition to rububi and uluhiyah. Then he said, whoever denies any of the favors of Allah by his heart and by his tongue, then that one is a kafir, disbeliever, and he has no part of the deen. And whoever denies Allah's favors on their tongue, denying that they are the favors of Allah, and as well denying by their heart, yani not believing that these are the favors of Allah, whoever has denied such, then that person is a disbeliever who has nothing of the deen, and he has no part of the deen. While whoever confirms or acknowledges by their heart, that the bounties, the ni'am, that all of them are from Allah alone. But by his tongue, sometimes he attributes those bounties to Allah and sometimes he ascribes them to himself. That he got these bounties due to his actions or due to the efforts of someone else. Yani he acknowledges that the bounties are from Allah in his heart. But sometimes on his tongue he attributes them to Allah and sometimes to himself or to others. And this is what is commonly upon the tongues of many of the people, that what they say by their tongue is an expression that these bounties are from other than Allah. So it is obligatory upon every servant of Allah who has done so, who has attributed the favors of Allah to other than Allah to repent, to turn back to Allah with tawbah, and to not ascribe the bounties of Allah to anyone other than the one who has produced them. And he should strive against himself to do so. And he should make an effort to be careful to ascribe the bounties of Allah to Allah alone. In this way he will have achieved al-iman, true faith. He will not achieve it except that he attributes the favors of Allah to him alone by his tongue and in speech and as well in his heart, believing that. And then he closes by saying that really a shukra and acknowledging the, the favors of Allah it is through a shukra, thankfulness. And some of the scholars said, just as it is linguistically, the opposite of al-kufr is a shukra. Then likewise, here we can apply this meaning, that a shukra here, it is the opposite of kufr, and it is true in man. Therefore, a shukra, he says, which is the head of al-iman, it is the top of iman, it is the ra'f al-iman, it is based upon three foundations. The first of them is confession of the heart. Confession of the heart to the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of them, 
that which he has given to us or that which he has given to others. Confessing by our heart that these bounties, all of them are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second of them is speaking about it, yani by our tongue, acknowledging by our tongue that all of the bounties, whether they have come to us or others, that they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praising him for them. And the third of them is al-isti'ana biha ala ta'at al-mun'im wa'ibadatihi wallahu a'lam. And the third of them is after believing in our heart that the bounties belong to Allah, that they are from Allah. And acknowledging by our tongue that all of them are from Him, whether they have been given to us or others. And praising Allah for them, then al-isti'ana biha ala ta'atillah. And then we should use those favors that He has given us and seek assistance from them and seek help from them using them for the purpose of obedience to the one who has given them to us and worshipping him alone. From these two words it becomes clear to us that the objective of the author Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah uh, in this chapter it is to make us to know that there is a contradiction in many of the people sometimes more severe than others in those who recognize that Allah has given them some bounty they recognize and they enjoy them However, they don't ascribe them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after enjoying them or while enjoying them but they sometimes ascribe them to Allah and sometimes they ascribe them to themselves or to the efforts or the power or the favor of others other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do you think they have been praising? Praising Allah. Praising Allah is primarily by the tongue. That is what, what is. But the true praise of Allah it is by saying Alhamdulillah, by praising Allah, acknowledging that He is the one who has given us. But of course, the praising of Allah on the tongue is not sufficient, but it should be a reflection of that which is in the heart. Really in our heart, feeling that Allah is the one who has given to us and being thankful to Him in our heart, then expressing it on the tongue and then acting in accordance with that in our deeds, by obeying Allah and that which He has commanded us and avoiding that which He has prohibited. Likewise, uh, Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullah, the great contemporary scholar of our time, who has been referred to often as the Imam of the people of Sunnah, he also, in brief words in his introduction to this chapter, he said that the author, that is Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, that he intended to encourage the people to confess, to, the, to confess, to make a confession and acknowledgement of the bounties of Allah, and to be thankful to him, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that which he has blessed us with. Because many of the people have become occupied from this. They have occupied themselves with other things. They have enjoyed the bounties and favors of Allah. However, they have not expressed thanks or gratitude to him. Not only they have not thanked him, but even some have gone further than that. And they have attributed the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the causes of them. And they have attributed to other than the real cause that is the one who has and made these things possible that they have ascribed these bounties to the creatures the creatures that Allah has created to their own power or to their actions and whatever is similar to that Therefore they have become unaware and unconscious of the one who is the giver or the bestower of those bounties that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and indeed if Allah had will he could have taken away those causes. He could have removed those causes and removed our power and our ability to do anything and in that way we would be helpless and unable to achieve any of what we have achieved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has given us hearing and he is the one who has given us our sight and he is the one who has given us intelligence and skill and other than that. 
Therefore, if Allah takes those things away, we will not be able to achieve anything. This characteristic, that is, not acknowledging, the failure to acknowledge the bounties of Allah and to ascribe them to Him, it is from the characteristic of the disbelievers. Such as those who say, for example, that this wealth is my wealth and I have inherited it from my ancestors. such as those who say that this wealth is my wealth which I have inherited from my ancestors and what is similar to that and these things will be mentioned in the explanation of this ayat as we go through the book and the first evidence that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul-Wahab mentions is the basis of this chapter and the other statements that he has mentioned are interpretations or explanations of this ayah it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 83 that they know they acknowledge they recognize the favor, the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then they deny them وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ الْكَافِرُونَ and most of them are disbelievers the denial of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are two types the worst of them are those who deny the greatest favor that he has given to us that is Al-Islam Al-Iman and Al-Hidayah the sending of the Prophet وسلم, and the revelation of the Quran those who have denied it those are those, they are the worst of those who have denied the favors of Allah because they have denied the most important ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that is al-Islam, al-Iman, the guidance of Qur'an and the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the second type of denial of the favors of Allah is denial of the material things that is the denial of good health the denial of the favor of good health or the favor of children or wealth and property and so on Many of the people have fallen into this, uh, even from amongst the Muslims, they have fallen into the error of the denial of the material favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them by acknowledging or by ascribing or attributing those favors to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, at the end of this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know that to do so, to deny the favors of Allah, it is kufr. Because he said, وَأَكْثَرُهُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ And it is either kufr that takes a person out of Islam or that is a negation of one's Islam kufr billah, the denial of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his deen and the guidance that he sent or it is kufr bin and disbelief or rejection of the favors of Allah the bounties of Allah, the material things or good health and otherwise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us Both of these are a type of kufr one type of kufr, denial of Allah and the deen that he has sent and the guidance that he has sent which is the person who if they die on that kufr they will be in the hellfire forever and the other type of kufr, kufr bin ni'am that is denial or rejection of Allah's bounties and favors which he has given us of the worldly or material things that is minor kufr which doesn't take a person out of Islam and it does not require that such a person will be punished in the hellfire forever however it is still kufr 
and the person who engages, it, who engages in it might be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hellfire, or Allah might forgive them. Uh, in any case, uh, the minor kufr, it doesn't necessitate or require that a person would be punished in the hellfire forever. The Sheikh, in the Sharh of Kitab al-Tawheed al-Jadeed, in Qara'awi, Hafidhullah says the general meaning of this ayat is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebukes or censures in this ayat every one of those who acknowledge or recognize the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within themselves, in their heart. They recognize that these are bounties of Allah. They realize that they have experienced something of the ni'm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, after knowing and realizing that they have enjoyed these bounties, they deny them. They deny them either by their actions, the actions of rejecting the guidance of Allah, or the actions of worshipping other than Allah, or acting in disobedience to Him, or they deny them by their speech, that is, by attributing the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to His creatures, whether to their idols that they worship instead of Allah, or to themselves or to other human beings. Uh, and he said that sometimes they ascribe it to their idols and sometimes they ascribe it to the inheritance which they have received from their fathers or their ancestors. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us in this verse that whoever has done so, then he is a kafir billah or he is a jahid li-ni'mihi. Yani he is a disbeliever in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has rejected the deen outright. Or he is one who has denied the favors of Allah, which is not and which is minor kufr, but it is also a type of kufr. From this ayat, the Shaykh mentions three benefits, hawa'id. The first of them is the acknowledgement of the disbelievers. The acknowledgement of tawheed al-rububiyyah. Yani that the disbelievers acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb. Rabb al-alameen. He is the Lord. He is the Creator. He is the one who... Uh, gives life and death. They acknowledge this. But what they didn't acknowledge is as a result of his rububiyah, since he is the, the Rabb, the Lord and Creator, then he has the right alone to be worshipped. They acknowledge Tawheed or rububiyah They confess that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb. This is the first point. They acknowledge and recognize that the bounties come from Allah. But then after that, they don't act in accordance with it. The second point is that a shukra, gratitude or thankfulness, is not complete nor perfect, except that it includes that which is expressed on the tongue and that which is expressed in one's actions, in addition to the confession or belief in one's heart that this is from Allah. Yeah, and the disbelievers, and even some of the Muslims, they acknowledge that these are Allah's favors. However, they didn't acknowledge it in their speech or they didn't acknowledge it by acting in accordance with that which Allah has required of us. Number three, uh, using the favors of Allah in disobedience to Allah is kufr, is denial or rejection of those favors. And whoever takes the wealth that Allah has given or uses their good health which Allah has given or whatever favors Allah has given in this world whoever uses it to engage in disobedience to Allah then this is kufr bin ni'm this is disbelief or rejection of the favors of Allah because to accept and to acknowledge the favor of Allah 
it also requires that we use whatever he has given us for his pleasure in accordance with what he has commanded and what he has prohibited. Then the Sheikh says the relationship of this ayah to the chapter under discussion is that this ayat indicates that whoever ascribes or attributes the favors of Allah to other than Allah, then that person has fallen into kufr or disbelief, meaning disbelief in the favors of Allah. Yani that they have not fulfilled the obligation upon them to acknowledge the favors of Allah by their tongue and by their actions as well as that which is in the heart. And this kufr, as we said, it could be major, it could, it is, yani to ascribe the favors of Allah to others than Allah, it could be major kufr or it could be minor kufr. Yani if somebody ascribes the favors of Allah to one of his creatures, as though that creature is a cause or a reason for it happening, a cause, a sabab, then this is minor kufr. Because first and foremost we should ascribe it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, if somebody believes that any of the creatures are the absolute cause for something to happen, and yani that they are the one who does it, the active force that does it, that they are the one who does it independent of the will of Allah and the qadr of Allah, then this is major kufr. Then finally he says, what is the relationship of this ayat to the general subject of a tawheed? It that this ayat, and he declares the kufr or the disbelief of whoever attributes the favors of Allah to other than Allah, because whoever does so, they have made that one who they attribute the favors to, they have made them as a partner with Allah in the giving of his bounties. Yani Allah alone is the one who gives all bounties. Whether it is the spiritual bounties or, or material bounties, whether in this world or in the next, Allah is the only one who gives the bounties. So whoever ascribes any of those bounties to other than Allah, they have, they have made that one who they have attributed to as a partner or a sharik with Allah in the giving of bounties. So this is also a type of shirk. Then the Imam, after mentioning this ayah, he mentions some of the explanations of some of the earlier scholars concerning what they understood and what they believed to be the meaning of this ayah. The first of them is the saying of Mujahid. And he said that the meaning of this ayat, huwa qawlu rajul هذا مالي ورثته عن آبائي يعني the meaning of this ayat Mujahid said and of course this ayat is a comprehensive ayat that contains many meanings and it includes whatever may fit under the general title of acknowledging the favors of Allah and then denying them so Mujahid he explained it by saying that it is the saying of a person the saying of a man who says, this is my wealth and I have inherited it from my ancestors, from my forefathers, from my parents or grandparents. And he, without acknowledging that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ultimate cause, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has given whatever he has inherited from his grandparents or his ancestors. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has given it to them, who has decreed that they would have that wealth, qadaran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who Shar'an, legally, has made it a right of him to inherit because Allah is the one who made the laws of inheritance. So Allah is the one who decreed that his ancestors or his forefathers would have that wealth and Allah is the one who legislated in his sharia that that one who inherited it would inherit it. Therefore Allah is the cause, qadaran and shar'an. He is the cause that they 
were decreed to have wealth and he is the cause that that one has inherited it. Therefore Allah is more right that he be acknowledged and whoever says that this is my wealth which I have inherited from my ancestors without acknowledging that Allah is the one who is the ultimate cause then this is a denial of the favors of Allah and that they have not attributed to Allah that which and he is actually the source of. The Shaykh says the relationship of this effort or this saying of Mujahid rahimahullah to the chapter under discussion is that this effort it indicates or it makes us to know that it was the opinion of Mujahid that whoever attributes the ni'm or the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to other than him then that one has disbelieved in those favors yani he has disbelieved in the favors of Allah he has not acknowledged that Allah is the source of them and that Allah has the right to be thanked and that we should express our gratitude to him in speech as well as in actions after acknowledging in our heart that he is the source. And this is understood from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the end of the ayat, وَأَكْثَرُهُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ that most of them are disbelievers. Either disbelievers who have outright rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, kafirs who will be in the hellfire forever, or disbelievers, يعني, meaning kufr, meaning those who denied, who did not acknowledge that the favors which they enjoyed are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by sometimes ascribing them to others or to themselves uh, or to anything from the creation. The relationship of this saying of Mujahid to the general topic of a Tawheed is that it shows us that it was Mujahid's opinion uh, that it is kufr to ascribe the favors of Allah to other than Allah because this is a means or it is a type of shirk يعني, associating something with Allah in the giving of the bounties or the blessings or the favors which all come from Allah alone and no one shares with him in the giving of those bounties or favors even if they are an indirect cause that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used as a means for those favors to come to us but ultimately it is all from Allah and we should acknowledge that first and foremost the second of those sayings is the saying of well before this I just want to look at a comment from uh, concerning this first saying of Mujahid the comment of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen he has mentioned concerning this particular statement that Mujahid is the Imam of the Mufassireen from amongst the Tabi'een the scholars, the students of Sahaba uh, and he is one who has uh, presented the Mus'haf or the Qur'an. He has read it to the great scholar from amongst Sahaba, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. And he has stopped him on every ayat, asking him about the meaning of each of those ayats. And this is a proof of the understanding and the knowledge of Mujahid. Yani the Shaykh here is making us to know that the person who is saying this saying, that he is a person who knows the Qur'an, who has understood it well, and he has taken its meaning from the most knowledgeable of Sahaba, that is Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. Uh, and also he mentions here the saying of Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah, who said that if the tafsir, meaning the tafsir of an ayah from the Qur'an, comes to you from Mujahid, then it is sufficient for you. If Mujahid has explained something from, from the Qur'an, فَحَسْبُكَ بِهِ It is sufficient for you. You should suffice with it. 
And this doesn't mean that Mujahid is infallible, that he can't make an error. But it means that this is an indication of the level or the status of Mujahid. Then the Shaykh says also that the statement which Mujahid has mentioned here, that in explaining this verse, it is like the saying of a man who says, this is my wealth which I have inherited from my ancestors. Uh, he said that if we look at this statement on the surface, it appears as though it is an innocent statement. That there is nothing in it for somebody to say, this is my wealth which I have inherited from my ancestors. Uh, just as if somebody said to you, where have you gotten this house from? Or how have you gotten this house? And you said, but I have inherited it from my forefathers then there's no harm in such a statement if it is just a means of informing someone of the means through which you have gotten this material or this wealth or this house. However, the intended meaning of Mujahid here is that the one who made such a statement, he is saying that his possessing of this wealth, it is, yani the cause of it is his inheritance, as though he is ignoring and not acknowledging the real cause of that wealth or that inheritance which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he explains that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has decreed that his forefathers owned this house, that they possessed this house, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has legislated that that house would pass from the possession of his fathers into his possession by the means of inheritance, which is from the Sharia or the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore the Shaykh says, if somebody intends just to inform someone of how they have possessed some property or some wealth, then there is no harm in saying so. However, that person should acknowledge ultimately that whatever we have of bounties or favors, that it is ultimately from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before it is from any other cause or any other means. The second statement that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions is the statement of Aun ibn Abdullah rahimahullah he said concerning this very same ayat يَقُولُونَ لَوْ لَا فُلَانْ لَمْ يَكُنْ كَذَا He said that the people say and it is a common statement of the people including ourselves and the purpose of this chapter is to make us aware of the danger of speaking without being conscious of what we are saying and that ultimately we should always attribute the favors of Allah to Him and to Him alone. He said, they say, لَوْلَا فُلَانْ لَمْ يَكُنْ كَذَا If it wasn't for so and so, then such and such a thing would not have happened. Such and such an incident would not have occurred if it wasn't for so and so, such and such person. And the Shaykh says concerning this statement that Aun ibn Abdullah Rahimahullah holds the opinion according to what we find in this report or this narration that whoever considers that the presence of some ni'am or some favor or bounty or blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whoever considers that uh, the possession of such a blessing or the occurrence of such a thing that it is connected directly to the power or the ability of any of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it is due to that one, due to his power or his ability or his will whoever holds such an idea that the presence of any of the bounties or blessings of Allah are directly 
connected to and dependent upon the power or the ability of any of the creatures of Allah, then this is kufr. Because it entails, number one, the ascribing or the attributing of the favors that are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to one from amongst the creatures who doesn't possess the ability to harm or to benefit even his own self. Ascribing the favors to one of the creatures and none of the creatures have any ability even to benefit them own, own, their own selves, nor to harm anyone, then this is the first mistake. And the second mistake, it is the denial or the rejection or the failure to acknowledge that this favor or this bounty, that the one who is the real giver or the bestower of it, that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the mistake that one has fallen into is ascribing it to one who has no power to give and and he failing to acknowledge that it is from the one who is the source of all bounties or favors or blessings in this life as well as in the next, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The relationship of this statement or this report to the chapter under discussion is that it indicates the opinion of Aun ibn Abdullah rahimahullah that he considered the presence of any bounty or favor that one who considers the presence of the bounty of Allah to be connected to and dependent upon the ability or the power of any of the creatures and this is kufr biha yani kufr bin ni'am that this is a type of kufr or disbelief in the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any disbelief meaning that one has not acknowledged that Allah is the source uh, believing it in their heart expressing it on their tongue and then acting in accordance with what is required of the believer when Allah has given them any favor that is to express their gratitude or thankfulness as shukra and expressing it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is uh, in our actions by being obedient to him and refraining from using it in a way that earns his displeasure concerning this statement Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah he says concerning the statement that some of the people say if it wasn't for so and so that such and such would not have happened he said that this statement requires some explanation, some detailed explanation. Uh, he says that, in fact, if what has happened, that the person has expressed, if it wasn't for so-and-so, that such-and-such such would not have happened, if it is only meant to be uh, the report to someone that such-and-such such a thing has happened, and it was true that it did happen in that way, as he expressed it. Then he said, there's no harm in saying such a thing, that this happened because of so-and-so. If he intended by saying such, that that person is only a sabab, not the ultimate cause, but a means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that that one would be the means through which this thing would happen. If the person only intended that that person was a means that Allah used in order to make that thing happen, then there's no harm in saying it, as long as what they have expressed is really a fact that it has happened and it has happened in that way. In any case, the Shaykh says that such a statement, it has three conditions that should be considered. The first of them is if the cause that the person expresses in their statement, if it wasn't for so-and-so that this wouldn't have happened, if that cause is a hidden, unseen cause, that doesn't really have any effect whatsoever on the reality of what has happened, such as the one who says if it wasn't for the saint, al-wali, so-and-so, 
if it wasn't for this saint uh, having some control over the affairs of the universe, if it wasn't for that one, uh, this thing wouldn't have happened, or I wouldn't have gotten such and such and so and so. Whoever says such a thing, then this is major shirk. This is major shirk. Because by saying such a thing, it is as though he is saying that this wali, or this saint who is dead in the grave and has no power over anything, that that one has some control over the universe, when in fact uh, they have no control whatsoever. So whoever says that if it wasn't for so-and-so, this wouldn't have happened, while in fact the one who they are ascribing it to has no power whatsoever to have done such a thing, then this would be ascribing to other than Allah that which is the exclusive right of Allah alone, it is major shirk. The second condition, he said, is if they, ascribe, if they ascribe it or attribute it to a correct, real cause that is confirmed either in the Sharia or confirmed in the experience of the people, what you see and what you experience in real life, if it is a real cause that the people have experienced or that is confirmed by that which is legislated in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah, then it is permissible for one to say so, that if it wasn't for such and such and so and so, then this wouldn't have happened. It is permissible to say so with the condition that the person believes that the one who they have attributed to, that they are only a cause, that they are only a cause, uh, and that they are not able, to, or they, they were not able to do such a thing independent, in and of themselves, independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that they should not forget, or, sh- or they should not pretend to forget that uh, what has happened, or what they have received, or what they have achieved, the bounties or favors, that it is really ultimately from Allah alone. Yani, if in fact somebody has been a cause in what we experience or what we know according to the Sharia for something to happen, then there's no harm in saying that that person was the cause of this happening as long as we acknowledge and recognize that the ultimate cause is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third situation is that when we ascribe such a happening to a cause that appears to be it is an apparent cause. However, it is not confirmed. It is not confirmed as a cause or a means for something to happen, neither in the Sharia nor in the experience of the people. It is not confirmed to be a cause. Then this, whoever ascribes a happening to such a cause that uh, has not been confirmed in the Sharia nor in the experience of the people, ascribing a happening to such a cause, it is minor shirk, shirk al-asghar. And that is like those who say the qala'it or those things which, are, which, they, which they, they used to hang around the animals, uh, hang it around their neck as a form of protection or a means of protecting the animal from the evil eye. Uh, those things, it really has no effect whatsoever. And it is not confirmed in the Sharia, nor, is, nor have we found by experience that they actually protect the animal from any harm. In that case, to ascribe it to such a cause this is minor shirk because we have uh, affirmed something as a cause which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not confirmed as a cause and therefore the one who confirms that thing as a cause they have made themselves as a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his right to confirm or to acknowledge or to make something to be a cause or not to be a cause the third of the sayings that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned concerning the explanation of this ayat and it is of those things that also is included in the meaning of the ayat of those who acknowledge 
that something is really a favor and it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then after that they deny it by attributing it to other than Allah is that which the explanation that was given by Ibn Qutaybah rahimahullah he said yaquluna hadha bi alihatina and Ibn Qutaybah he said that the people some of the people say hadha meaning the favors or bounties or blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they have achieved it or they have received it bi alihatina that we have received this by the intercession of our gods yani those things that they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the shaykh says the shaykh al-Qur'awi Allah, he says that here Ibn Qutaybah rahimahullah informs us that the mushrikeen they used to attribute those favors or bounties or blessings that they had they used to attribute it to the intercession yani the interference or the help that came to them from their idols that they used to worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in this way they have combined two evils the first of them is a shirk billah that they have worshipped something or made something as an equal or a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worshipping the idols yani they used to worship the idols along with or instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that was the first of their evils and the second of them which they have joined to this first evil it is al-kufr bin ni'am that is the denial of the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by ascribing it to other than the one who is the real grantor or the real source of bounties or favors that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and here the shaykh says that the relationship of this uh, narration to the chapter under discussion is that it indicates to us that it was the opinion of Ibn Qutayb rahimahullah that whoever attributes the bounties that come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whoever attributes it to the intercession of the idols that they used to worship then this is a type of kufr Shaykh Muhammad ibn, ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen concerning this statement he says these are the most evil of those who have preceded yani the sayings or the positions of, of what has been mentioned in the previous explanation this one is the worst of them the most evil of them because they are pagans mushriks who worshipped other than Allah and then they said the bounties which not only did they worship other than Allah but the bounties that they received they said it was by the intercession of those false gods which they have worshipped uh, and he said that this is more evil and false than what has preceded because number one it includes shirk and he associating these idols or false gods with Allah and number two uh, the confirmation or the affirmation of a cause for something happening that is not a real cause and if that has not been confirmed uh, either in the Sharia or by the experience of the people the last statement that this chapter closes with uh, is the statement of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab which he has transmitted from uh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah he says Qala Abu al-Abbas and meaning Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah بعد حديث زيد بن خالد رضي الله عنه الذي جاء فيه إن الله تعالى قال يعني شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية has made a statement after the mention of a hadith the hadith of زيد بن خالد which we took in some earlier chapter رضي الله عنه and in that hadith of زيد بن خالد رضي الله عنه there is the statement of Allah سبحانه وتعالى that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said do you know what your Lord has said and it was on the occasion when the Prophet ﷺ performed the Hajj prayer with his companions 
at the place called Hudaybiyah and it had rained in the night and after he performed the Fajr prayer he said to them do you know what your Lord has said yani what has been revealed to me concerning uh, this occasion and he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Asbaha min ibadi mu'min bi wa kafir yani that some of my servants have reached the morning mu'min bi some of them as believing in me and remaining on iman and some of them as kafir as disbelievers yani having yani disbelieved or falling into a type of kufr and he went on to say yani in that hadith fa'amma man qala mutirna bi fadlillahi wa rahmatihi fadhalika mu'min bi wa kafirun bil qawakib that who, as for the one who said that we have been given rain by the favor or the bounty of Allah and his mercy and that is the one who is a believer in me and a disbeliever in the planets or in the stars. وَأَمَّا مَنْ قَالَ مُطِرْنَا بِنَوِي كَذَا وَكَذَا فَذَلِكَ كَافِرٌ بِي وَمُؤْمِنِ الْقَوَاكِبِ As for the one who said that we have been given rain by such and such star, by the position or the movement of the stars or the planets, then that one has disbelieved in me and he has believed in the planets. And this hadith, any we discussed in detail previously in an earlier chapter, related to those who uh, attributed the rainfall to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that case to the movement of the stars or the planet uh, then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah says concerning this after mentioning this hadith he said هَذَا كَثِيرٌ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ that such statements have been mentioned يعني, often or frequently in the Quran in the kitab that is the book of Allah the Quran and in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu يَذُمُّ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مَنْ يُضِيفُ إِنْعَامَهُ إِلَى غَيْرِهِ وَيُشْرِكُ بِهِ يعني that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala censures or rebukes or blames those who attribute his favors to other than him and they associate with him يعني they associate others with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Shaykh Hussain ibn Taymiyyah says that such statements are plentiful in the Quran as well as in the Sunnah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala censures those who ascribe his favors which he has given And he, he also attached to this the statement of some of the early scholars of the Muslim Ummah قَالَ بَعْدُ السَّلَفِ وَهُوَ خَقَوْلِهِمْ And that this, such a uh, statement of those who attributed the blessing of rain to the stars or the movement of the stars, it is like the saying of some of the people who said كَانَتْ أَرْرِيحَ طَيِّبَةِ وَالْمَلَّاحَ حَاذِقَةِ وَنَحْوَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا هُوَ of some of the early scholars of the Muslim Ummah قَالَ بَعْدُ السَّلَفِ وَهُوَ فَقَوْلِهِمْ and that this such a uh, statement of those who attributed the blessing of rain to the stars or the movement of the stars it is like the saying of some of the people who said كَانَتْ أَرْرِيحَ طَيِّبَةِ وَالْمَلَّاحَ حَاذِقَةِ وَنَحْوَ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا هُوَ جَارٍ عَلَىٰ الْكَثِيرِينَ Yani some of the uh, scholars from the early generation of the Muslims they said this is similar to those who said that the wind was a good wind or a favorable wind yani that made their ship sail across the sea وَالْمَلَّاحِ and the sailors they were حَاذِقًا yani they were skillful in directing or navigating the ship yani attributing their sailing 
or their safe sailing across the sea and reaching their destination, they attributed to a good wind and to the skill of the sailors. When in fact, this is something that should be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who makes the wind and who taught the navigators or the sailors how to sail. And he said, this is also similar to that which is commonly, uh, statements that are commonly made. This is similar to the statements which are, are commonly made uh, by many of the people. And it is something that is on the tongues of the people commonly that such statements are made sometimes unawares uh, and unintentionally. And perhaps and it is also intentional in some cases. The Sheikh says in the explanation of this these two, two statements, the statement of Sheikh Al-Sanil and those other early scholars, he said that the meaning of this uh, report is that when the ships travel or are pushed by the wind, by a good wind, or a wind that is favorable for their sailing, when it pushes their ship to sail across the sea, the amrillah, by the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they attribute that to a good wind and to the skill of the sailors who are controlling the ship or guiding it or directing it and they forgot their Lord the one who caused the ship to sail across the sea by his mercy and due to his mercy to them in that way attributing their safe sailing to a good wind or to the skill of the sailors it is similar to attributing the rainfall to the stars or to the movement or the position of the stars even if the one who has made such a statement did not intend and it wasn't his intention that the wind it is the fa'il li that the wind is the one who does it independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if that is not what he intended that the wind is the one that does this action with exclusive or yani, to the exclusion of the creation of Allah or the order of Allah because Allah is the one who created everything and who creates their actions even if the person didn't mean that the wind does it to the exclusion or independent of creation of Allah or the order of Allah but he only intended to mean that it was a means or a cause for such thing to happen in spite of that it is not proper and it is not fitting to ascribe this such a thing or any of the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to other than Allah alone because in the end ultimately uh, the wind or the skill of the sailors it could only be a cause or part of a cause and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will he could have removed the uh, the nature of that thing which makes it a cause and it wouldn't be a cause at all in that case just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, changed the nature of the fire when Ibrahim السلام, was thrown in the fire and Allah changed the nature of the fire fire is a cause that makes something burn but Allah is the one who made it as a cause to burn and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take that nature away so that it would not be a cause so if Allah had taken it away then it would not be a cause at all so even those things that are caused it is not proper to ascribe anything to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when in fact Allah is the ultimate cause of everything so it is not proper uh, to the, for the one who has been given any of the favors of Allah that one who is required and requested to express his gratitude and thankfulness to Allah that he forgets that all good it is in the hands of Allah 
and that Allah is the one who has power over everything. And then forgetting that, he attributes it to other than Allah. In fact, he should only mention, yani ascribe or attribute those favors to the one who caused them, the one who is the bestower of them, that is the one who is the absolute giver, uh, the one who gives all of the bounties, whether in this world and the next, and he is alone in doing so, and he has no partners in it, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the Shaykh says, from the benefits of this uh, report, is that attributing the favors to the creatures, it is shirk in rububiyyah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb, is the creator and the owner and the provider and the one who controls everything. Therefore, ascribing any of these characteristics to other than Allah, it is shirk and rububiyyah in his lordship. Uh, if that person believed that the creature is an independent actor doing such a thing, doing such an action independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is major shirk. And if he has only ascribed it to that thing, and in that favor he has ascribed it to, to such a thing, believing that it is only a cause or means uh, for such a thing to happen, then in that case he said it is improper or disrespectful manners. Yani, it is evil, yani having evil behavior or manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the one who really gives everything. Yani as long as something is a cause that we know from experience or it is a cause that has been legislated in the Sharia, then there is no harm uh, in ascribing such a thing or ascribing the happening to that thing while acknowledging that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has made that cause to do what it has done. Then the, he closes by saying the relationship of this report to the chapter under discussion in general topic of the Tawheed is that in this report we understand that it is the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah that whoever ascribes uh, any of the favors of Allah to other than Allah then such a person has fallen into kufr, يعني, disbelief or rejection or يعني, denial of the favors of Allah and he has also uh, associated something any of the creatures he has also associated that thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning associated them making them uh, as a partner in Allah while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who gives all of the favors and it is the end of what the Shaykh has mentioned in his explanation and what follows are the Messiah which are not mentioned in the Sharh the Messiah that are in the original book of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab and there are only four the first of them is the explanation or the tafsir of ma'arifati and ni'ma wa inkariha. Yani what is the meaning of knowing the favors of Allah and then denying them? The meaning of this, it is, as has been explained previously, is that they enjoy the favors of Allah and then they don't fulfill the rights over them. Yani the acknowledgement on their tongue and the acknowledgement in their actions that these favors are really from Allah. The second of them is ma'arifat. And that this is something common on the tongues of many of the people. يعني, that they attribute the favors of Allah to other than Allah, either to themselves or to others or to some other cause other than Allah. This is something that is very common. And the Shaykh says, such as that which has been mentioned in the text of the book, that this was a good win or that the sailors were skillful or whatever is similar to that. These such statements should be observed and monitored carefully and a person should strive against himself to avoid making such statements. The third of them is tasmiyatu hadal kalam inkaran lin ni'mati 
يعني that the naming of such a statement that such a statement has been called or it has been يعني named inkar inkar al-ni'ma it has been called as a denial of the favors of Allah when a person ascribes the favors of Allah to other than Allah then it is a denial of the favors of Allah because the acknowledgement of the favors of Allah requires that a person acknowledges in their heart that these favors are from Allah and then they express it on their tongue and then they act in accordance يعني, with that which is required of them expressing their gratitude and thankfulness to Allah alone uh, and the Shaykh says here that this rejection or denial of the favors of Allah doesn't mean that one denies the favor itself they acknowledge that there is a favor and they have enjoyed it however it is a denial that the cause of it is from Allah's bounty uh, or Allah's favor towards us the last uh, point of the Messiah is the combination or the bringing together of two opposites in the heart that a person has in their heart two opposites uh, and he said that the Shaykh says this is from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they acknowledge the favor of Allah in their heart and then they also deny it yani by not believing in Allah or not acting in accordance with what Allah has required of them he said uh, this is yani the combination of two opposites acknowledgement and denial at the same time and this is similar to the person who has some part of Iman and at the same time has some part of Kufr having an aspect of Iman and an aspect of Kufr or the person who has an aspect of Sif any disobedience or yani, going outside of obedience to Allah in an aspect of adala, yani, acting in accordance with what Allah has required uh, this is yani, the end of yani, the Messiah and the only thing remaining are the questions in the handout quickly we can look at them uh, the first of them is explain briefly the meaning of the verse they know the favors of Allah then they deny them and most of them are disbelievers yani the verse of this chapter in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 83 the meaning of this verse in brief uh, it is in reference to the human being the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who enjoy his favors and his bounties and his blessings and they acknowledge them they know that these are real blessings they experience them and they enjoy them and they use them and they utilize them in their life and then while acknowledging that these are favors from Allah they deny them deny them either by attributing them to other than Allah uh, or by acting in a way other than yani, expressing their gratitude to Allah for his favors by obeying him and avoiding disobedience to him uh, and this as the end of the verse indicates this is a type of kufr he said and most of them are disbelievers Number two, what is the relationship between this verse and the general topic of a tawheed? Yani that enjoying Allah's favors, recognizing that one has received some of Allah's favors and then not acknowledging that on one's tongue or acting in accordance with it, it is a, a violation of a tawheed. Because tawheed requires that we attribute all of the favors that we enjoy in this world or in the next to Allah alone who is the only one who gives favors. Tawheed requires that we ascribe it all to Him that is in Tawheed or Rububiyyah and likewise it is a violation of Tawheed in the aspect of Ubudiyyah or Uluhiyyah in that uh, Allah's favors require the believer who has received them to be thankful to him and to express their thankfulness to him and that shukra is ibadah so whoever doesn't 
perform that ibadah, then they have also violated Tawheed and Uluhiyah. Number three, attributing the bounties of Allah to His creatures is which type of shirk? Explain. And attributing the bounties of Allah to His creatures, it is... Uh, it could be major shirk or minor shirk. And it is major shirk if a person believes in their heart that anything from the creation is the ultimate cause and the source of a favor that comes from Allah. Then this is major shirk. However, however, if they believe that that thing is only a cause or a means that Allah has set in motion for something to happen or for them to receive something, it is only a means, a sabab, while acknowledging that Allah is the ultimate cause, then this is minor shirk. Explain the kufr in the saying, the wind was good, favorable, and the sailors were skillful. And in the kufr in this, it is in uh, attributing one's successful or safe or pleasant sailing to the good wind or to the skill of the sailors, while in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made that wind to be the way it was, and Allah is the one who enabled the sailors to be skillful if they were skillful. Therefore, Allah should be acknowledged. He is the one who is the cause of these things. What is meant by ni'mah? In the saying of Allah, they know the ni'mah of Allah. يَعْرِفُونَ نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ يُنْكِرُونَهَا The meaning of ni'mah here, it has two meanings. It is the material things, the material favors of Allah, such as wealth or health or children. And it is also the, uh, يعني, the other favors of Allah, which are not material. That is the greater favors of Allah, which include the guidance, the hidayah which He has given to us, the iman which he has put in our heart, al-Islam, the, 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 the pending of the Prophet wasallam, and so on, the Qur'an. Uh, both of these uh, are included, both types are included in the verse, in this word, and ni'mah, because both of these types are from the bounties or favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Explain what is meant by then they deny them, yunkirunaha, they deny them meaning, they don't uh, attribute them to the one who is the real source, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by their tongue, or they don't act in accordance uh, with what is required of them by showing their gratitude uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their actions. Yani acting in a way that earns his pleasure and using the favors which he has given in the way that he has, in the way that is pleasing to him. Using uh, his favors in other than the way that is pleasing to Allah, using his favors in a way that is displeasing to him in disobedience, in sin, or in kufr. Why are there so many explanations of this one verse? Yani the reason why there are so many explanations of this verse is because it is a comprehensive verse, which includes every act of the creatures. When they acknowledge that they have experienced or enjoyed some favor of Allah in their heart, they realize that it is a favor, and yet, they don't acknowledge it in the other words, that is, they don't acknowledge it, meaning in their speech or in their actions. And therefore, different scholars have looked at different cases or examples which fall under this general meaning of acknowledging the favors of Allah that you have enjoyed them and then not acting in accordance with that acknowledgement, meaning expressing one's thanks or gratitude to Allah. And the last question, and is what has been mentioned under each statement, uh, what are some of the fawaid benefits or ahkam or legal rulings de- derived from this chapter? The most important thing in this chapter is that a Muslim should be aware that all favors are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the only source of whatever favors we enjoy in this world or in the next. 
and therefore we should always try to be conscious and aware that whatever we enjoy in this world it is from Allah we should have that consciousness in our heart and in our mind we should express it constantly on our tongue to ourselves or to others and we should act in accordance with that acknowledgement in our heart and what we have expressed on our tongue by using the favors of Allah in the way that is pleasing to Him in the lawful way using, using it for the things that will earn His reward using it as a means to help us to obey Allah and as a means to help us to avoid falling into disobedience to Him Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk If there are any questions or comments or corrections perhaps uh, maybe we have uh, 10 minutes before the akama Five minutes, inshallah. If there's any questions from the sisters, you can send them. The brothers have any comments or questions or corrections? No. It's not a contradiction because uh, Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Salih Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he said that this matter requires some explanation, detail. And Sheikh Muhammad Uthaymeen is saying that which is general. He's saying that which is general. And the general rule is that we shouldn't ascribe the bounties or favors that we have to other than Allah. That's the general rule. However, Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Salih Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he is saying that If a person ascribes something that has happened to a real cause that is accurate and correct, it is really a cause, a cause that we know from our experience or a cause that is known from the Sharia. Yani for example, if something good happens to you and you have been supplicating to Allah for that thing and you said, yani I got this from supplicating Allah. It is a cause that Allah has legislated that you supplicate to Him and He will answer you. So if you ascribe it to a real cause, then there's no harm in doing so. However, with the condition that you acknowledge ultimately that that is only a means that Allah has made to make this thing happen. It is a means. It is not an actor that is independent, that is outside of what Allah has decreed and what Allah wills. But it is within what Allah has decreed. And it is in accordance with what Allah has decreed. And it can only happen by the ability or the power that Allah has given to that thing. If you acknowledge that and don't fail to acknowledge that it is ultimately from Allah then there's no harm in saying so that's what he is saying so and he is only explaining the details of the issue that in some cases it is permissible to say that which is a real fact that has happened but keeping in mind that it is not an act independent actor it is only a cause that Allah has made Allah has made this as a cause for such and such Allah has made gravity for example that uh, by the law of gravity that Allah set in motion and he can uh, deactivate it if he will that if something is dropped off a high place it will fall down and this is a, a suburb and that something comes from a high, is dropped from a high place then it will fall down Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the power over that thing that thing is and gravity doesn't have power independent of Allah it is not an independent actor that it pulls something down but it only does it because Allah has made it that way and if Allah removes that ability or that nature of that thing then it will not act in such a way, it will not have any, any independent ability outside of what Allah has decreed. So the Shaykh is only saying, in this case, that when we know something is a real cause, we learn from experience, or it is confirmed in the Sharia, 
then we may acknowledge it as a cause, keeping in mind that Allah is the source of everything, and Allah is the one that made that as a cause. I hope it's... <laughs>